Welcome back to the Americana Station podcast. I am your host, Will Payne Harrison, and today on the podcast, we have Robert Henry out of Oregon, um, and we talk about his new record um, in the works, and um, he also just released this week a single with Georgette Jones, which is um, George Jones and Tammy Wynette's daughter, Um, and so you should definitely go to his Spotify and check that out if you haven't checked it out yet. Um, what else has been going on? I just, I did, I've done this weekend, I've done four or five podcasts. Um, so through the rest of the year, I just, there were, it was really hard to turn down all the offers that I got. So through the rest of the year, I think I'm doing one a week. So you can keep checking back here every single week and, um, there will be a podcast. I'm still trying to make uh, Cody Howell do the podcast with me, but um, we just haven't had our schedules line up yet. But I just did Eric Bolander and Josh King yesterday. Today I had um, uh, Graber Grass, which is an awesome uh, kind of new grass band out of Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, tomorrow I'm doing Van Plating. Um, so yeah, it's it's real busy, and I'm excited about it. But uh, Robert Henry is awesome. And his uh, new EP in the works and his new single with Georgette Jones are awesome. He's incredible if you're into that old school honky tonk thing. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna really be right up your alley, and um, it's it's great. Um, I do have a question. Feel free to shout out at me on Twitter or Instagram or wherever you uh, like to do your social medias. Um, I'm looking at doing some merch here for Americana Station uh, for next year, uh, probably in January or something like that. And I wanted to uh, see uh, if I did merch, what would you want? Would you want a T-shirt? Would you prefer a mug? Uh, maybe a koozie? Uh, what's what's your vibe? What, what kind of merch do you want uh, to represent your favorite podcast, which is obviously this one? Um, there are no other podcasts that you listen to but this one, I'm sure. Uh, at, or at least as religiously as you listen to this one. So I want to say thanks to everyone who has listened um, to this podcast. It means a lot. Thank you to everyone that has rated it and reviewed it. If you haven't and you have 30 seconds to a minute while you're listening to this podcast and you're clicking through Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or whatever, um, just rate and review it. Leave me a nice little comment. It helps with uh, being seen a lot more. Uh, I have known an I uh, have noticed an uptick in um, more listens lately, thanks to you for all leaving your uh, feedback, and that's that's very much appreciated. So let's keep getting word out about this podcast. Do you have any suggestions of people you want to be on the podcast? Um, you can email me at americanastation at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet me on Twitter at Will P. Harrison uh, and on Instagram at Will Payne Harrison. Um, but let's talk about Robert Henry. Let's get into him. Here we go. Gatekeeper, gatekeeper, why won't you let me in? Florida born and Oregon raised, Robert's Northwest upbringing simultaneously juxtaposed and complemented his southern roots. Reinforced by his musically inclined family of six, four of which, including Robert, also consider themselves singers, it was a smooth transition when Robert made the ultimate decision to pursue music full-time. They've torn down and paved over all the roots that run so deep. 
Robert Henry's first official EP, In the Works, is available wherever you listen to music now. His duet, Take Me, with Georgette Jones, is also available now on all streaming platforms. Here's Robert Henry. All right, today on the podcast, I have Robert Henry. I'm really excited to talk to him. Uh, he's a songwriter that's been coming to Nashville for a while. Uh, where are you from originally, Robert? I'm originally from Florida, but I grew up out west, uh, uh, just south of Portland, Oregon. Okay. And uh, these days, you're still in Portland? or Still, uh, I live in a, in a town called Aurora, about, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes south of Portland. So just, just far enough to... Uh, be out of the city and, and not have to deal with all the riffraff. That's great. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that's, that's the ideal situation, man. Like uh, I'm in Inglewood here in uh, Nashville, <clears throat> kind of like East of East Nashville. And uh, it's like almost Madison. So it's like real, like it's distant enough, but still kind of city, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you wrote this killer song on your new EP called storm the gate as like sort of a protest for, uh, traditional, like, or I'm sorry for n- not being traditional country for like modern country music. Um, yeah. How did, how did that come about? And what exactly did they tell you that made you be like, okay, fuck you. I'm writing this song. <laughs> um, so it was my first time in Nashville. Uh, I hadn't really done any, you know, really professional recording. It, it was always in, you know, a buddy's garage or, you know, a home studio or something like that. Um, so I was really excited and, uh, the, the guy was producing me, uh, we were doing a songwriting session. Um, and well, first of all, but the first red flag was, uh, I came to, uh, Nashville with songs that I wanted to record and he just kind of, you know, brushed them off to the side and wanted to do different stuff. And the stuff we were writing was just not really me. I wasn't, if I was going to sing it, it it wouldn't be very believable because I just was not into what we were doing. Um, And he kept talking about, well, we got to get these songs past the gatekeepers if we want to get them on the radio. I'm like, I didn't come here to get songs on FM radio. I came here to make my own album (laughs) and record my stuff. I I don't really care uh, if they want to play it on mainstream radio. And I can guarantee that they probably won't. Um, And I was like, who the hell are the gatekeepers? Time to storm the gate. So that's, that's where that comes from. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really good uh, way to look at it for sure. Kind of just, it's, you know, that traditional, like fuck the system, Nashville rebel. You even have a a Waylon reference in there, which was great. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So you recorded your, your, EP, I guess, here in Nashville, which the first song uh, kind of talks about. Uh, you're not sure when uh, it's in the works. You're not sure when it's uh, the whole album's coming out. So you just went re- ahead and released the EP. Was that kind of due to the COVID stuff? You couldn't get back here to finish it or you just wanted to go ahead and... So uh, we couldn't get back anywhere to finish it, really. Um, we lucked out um, being able to come in and and do well, some of them were already recorded back in December before COVID hit. Uh, and then we lucked out, um, uh, finishing up the, the last couple songs. Uh, we had a guy here local that helped us out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it was just talking about, uh, 
everything that's going on and, um, you know, just being frustrated, obviously it's pretty self-explanatory. It's, you know, from the, uh, point of view of a traveling musician who can't work because <laughs> our whole industry revolves around getting people in, uh, close quarters basically. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you and I have something in common. Um, you started music by playing heavy metal, right? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I did as well. Um, I was playing bass in a, a metal band, um, toured in that for uh, probably like six or seven years before uh, oh, wow. kind of joining the, the folk and country roots. Uh, what, what transitioned you uh, to <clears throat> traditional country uh, from something like metal? Because they seem so contrasting, but I do feel like there are some similarities too. Well, uh, I actually, so I grew up with country music from my parents um, and that's what I always listened to, uh, you know, growing up. And I went through a real little rebellious phase and grew my hair and did the heavy metal thing. Uh, we never toured or anything. We just had a band in high school. We'd put on shows in the auditorium and stuff. Um, but uh, I guess I just kind of came full circle. Like I, like I had my, I still listen to metal. I still love metal. Um, but I, I think I just kind of matured and, and wanted a little bit more, uh, a little bit more real life lyrical content as opposed to Dungeons and Dragons and, and blood and gore and, and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, so yeah, and I, I got into writing and, and it, uh, the main thing was my voice changed uh, around about, you know, 15, 16. And I was like, man, I can sing that, that old school country stuff that my parents brought me up on. Uh, and I can't really sing that, that heavy metal vocal anymore. So I just kind of switched over. Nice. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so who were some of the influences that you grew up with? Um, and like, what are some of the current influences? Um, so my dad was always, you know, all the, all the main guys, my dad loved George Jones. Uh, he was really into Merle Haggard, Waylon. Uh, he was a big Hank Jr. Fan. Um, and then, uh, they were, I remember as a kid, uh, all that nineties country, like Clint Black and Randy Travis and Mark Chestnut and all that, uh, Brooks and Dunn, they, they listened to a lot of that stuff. Cause that's what was on the radio, um, right back then. Um, so, I mean, definitely, I mean, huge influences for me were those guys and, um, especially at, our band kind of takes pride in uh, being a West Coast band. Uh, yep. We're big fans of uh, the Bakersfield stuff, Buck Owens, uh, Maddox Brothers and Rose, uh, Merle Haggard, all those guys from Bakersfield. Yeah. Um, so definitely that kind of sound, uh, the way that I play guitar uh, when I do my limited amount of lead work that I do is very influenced by that really twangy, uh, trebly Telecaster sound. So awesome. Do um, you, you have a whole band that, uh, you play with? Yeah, we have a five piece, We've got uh, drums, bass, uh, lead guitar, pedal steel, and me on guitar and vocals. And you most, do you mostly play acoustic or do you do some electric as well? I actually, uh, have been exclusively, exclusively playing my Telecaster. Um, it's just a lot easier to tour with. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it's, 
you know, there's all kinds of issues sometimes depending on the sound guy uh, with going DI with your acoustic because it'll feed back and then you got to put the rubber thing in it and then it doesn't sound the same. So I'm, I'm picky about how my guitar sounds. So long story short, I use the electric now. <laughs> yeah, that's so much easier. And then even like if you're like doing fly dates and stuff like that, it's hard, a lot harder to smash a Telecaster than it is to smash an acoustic. Yep, exactly. And it's a lot easier on your fingers when you're playing every night too. That's true. Yeah. Yep. I haven't thought about that. I've I've been mostly touring solo the last few years. Um, and the occasional few band runs that I've done, I have played majority electric because it just seems easier. And it's it really is hard to hear yourself even with an acoustic in a full band. Mm-hmm. Um, so with your songwriting, you, you've been doing some co-writing here in Nashville. Do you do co-writing uh, on the West Coast as well? I mean, the most, the closest we get to co-writing is me and my drummer uh, sit back and have a few beers and bounce ideas off of each other. Um, As far as uh, anything outside of my own band, not really. Uh, We we went down and um, co-wrote a song with uh, Donnie Gatlin, who is the nephew of one of the Gatlin brothers from back in the day. Um, He he had a lot of you know good insight. He's been on the road for a long time, written a lot of songs, knows a lot of people in Nashville. Um, and we, we wrote a pretty, I think it, it'll be a pretty decent song. I think it'll make the record. Um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I, I really, I kind of write songs for myself. Yeah. Um, so, but it's, it's definitely something that I, that I want to do more of because it's, it's good to get somebody else's perspective because sometimes there's a line or a way to turn the words around on themselves that you won't even think of until you get another brain in the room, you know? Right. Yeah. And it's weird because, uh, I, I grew up in Louisiana and I, uh, I never co-wrote. It wasn't a thing. It was a very personal thing to write, but then I came out here and it was like every single person, like, who do you co-write with you? You co-write, let's co-write. And eventually you start warming up to it and you realize, yeah, like every song I do doesn't have to be necessarily one that I'm going to cut or it's, it's for me, but like just learning from other people and, and maybe even they'll cut the song themselves, you know, it's, there's a lot to learn from uh, other people. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I, same here, man. I've, I've written stuff that I wouldn't necessarily put on an album of mine, but I don't think it's bad. I mean, somebody, somebody could use it. Right. And then yeah. vice versa. I'm always scanning for independent artists, um, especially from uh, Oregon. Um, I, I listen to all the guys in the local scene, listen to all their sign. And if there's something I want to cut, I'll, I'll try and, you know, I'll, I'll try and pick off those songs if they'll let me uh, cut them. That's awesome. Can yeah. can you uh, tell me some of the people in the scene up in Oregon? I have no clue. I've I played at um, Mississippi Pizza once. Uh, okay. On tour, but I haven't really, uh, the people that I played with were from California and were friends. Yeah. Um, there's not a ton of people that play outside of Oregon, um, but there's kind of like a, a little scene uh, kind of based around the landmark saloon over in uh, Southeast Portland. Uh-huh. Um, you got Pete Krebs and the Portland playboys. They do a lot of Western swing stuff, a lot of forties, fifties, Western swing. Um, you got the Oregon trailers and they, they kind of do like, a their, their stick is they're kind of truck driving country music centric, which is like <laughs> a cool little thing. Um, got a countryside ride. They're, they're pretty classic honky tonk. Uh, Golden Promise, uh, my buddy uh, 
Albert Nicholas. Um, he's kind of like a, a folky uh, singer songwriter, almost like a Townsend's aunt type guy. Yeah. Um, so uh, all kinds of, all kinds of uh, really talented um, musicians out here. Uh, and they, they keep it pretty traditional. There's so many hipsters in, in Portland yeah. and the surrounding area and they just love that old shit. Oh, really? Yeah. That makes sense, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably especially niche uh, out that way uh, since there aren't probably as many of y'all doing it. I would imagine. Yeah. And there's, um, there's plenty of uh, people forget because Portland is in the news right now, but, uh, Oregon is like, you know, 90% rural. It's, uh, right. it's a, it's a big state and, uh, it still has a very strong Western culture. I mean, there's ranchers, there's loggers, there's, uh, farmers, there's fishermen on the coast. Uh, it's, it's very blue collar. So there's plenty of places to play out here and plenty of people who really enjoy that traditional country. So. When you, when you tour, do you mostly stay uh, in, on the West coast or have you made your way to towards, you know, the Midwest or. Um, so we've done East coast or anything. We haven't done the East coast yet. Uh, uh, there's plans for that that I'll get into later. Once, once we hit on a couple more things, uh, but We've done Oregon, Washington. Um, there's plans for California. Believe it or not, we haven't even gone down to California. Uh, <laughs> probably, probably won't for a while uh, with what's going on. Yeah. But um, so we've done Oregon, Washington, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, uh, South Dakota, and I think that's everywhere that we've we've toured so far. So we're just getting started. Um, and. Uh, there's talks of, like I said, California, there's talks of, you know, once stuff opens back up, going down and doing stuff in Colorado, Texas, um, Arizona, uh, we're working on a run, uh, in the next few months down to Florida. Um, so that's a, that's a journey all the way to Florida. It's the other side of the United States. Yeah. That'd probably be a situation where, uh, we're flying everybody down and then renting a van there. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, um, I, uh, I've still got a bunch of family, uh, in Florida. So we're, we're excited. We're, we're going to try and do the big strawberry festival festival down in plant city. Um, okay. I've always wanted to play the barn in Sanford, uh, big country music venue there. So yeah, there's lots of cool places down there. Um, I, every year I usually go out to like the Orlando area. They have a pretty decent, I don't know how their honky tonk scene is, but they, they love songwriters and stuff like that. And there's a place called Will's pub out there. Um, have you heard uh, of that? Will's pub? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've been there. It's great. But uh, yeah, I, I haven't really ventured much into Florida. It's, it's um, kind of its own world. It, it really is. Um, I mean, you've got a very, uh, Hispanic influence in the Southern part of the state. And then, uh, the, basically the further you move North, uh, the more Southern it gets. It's a, it's, it's a backwards place. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, so this EP that you have in the works, um, was originally going to be a full length. And then you said that you've written some songs for your, for your album. Is it going to be a whole separate, are you, going ahead and doing a whole separate album besides the CP? Um, so you know this, if you're a musician, uh, 
as soon as I listened to it back and it was released, I, there was immediately things that I wanted to change about the entire thing. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm thinking that uh, a song like In the Works is kind of one that you hope doesn't age well because this has just been a year from hell. Yeah. Um, but all the other ones besides that, I might leave Storm the Gate alone. I might leave Dark Side alone. But all the other ones, um, I, I would like to redo them. And because we play them so much differently live now, because we've been playing them out, um, it's it's funny. You you go in and you got this new song and you work it out and you record it and then it evolves over time. Right. Um, so I'd like to go back and do those songs, uh, the majority of them again, and put them on the record. But we've got probably. 15 or 20 more that are ready to roll um so that's that's almost two albums worth really but yeah i guess i guess i guess the answer is yes and no <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's always weird because like i, I just put out an ep uh, like last month no last week Jeez, i don't even know anymore with uh 2020 but um yeah the one of the songs is from five years ago you know and i revisited it and tried to make it better and and uh you know i've put out you know, now and then you put out a song where you're like, I just don't think the first time I did this, I did it justice. And I, yeah. I totally understand that a hundred percent. It's, and you know, you're always creating and there's so much space right now with not much to do to create and to, to plan and to, it's like what I'm going to do once this is over kind of thing that you can revamp a lot of things that you really think deserve uh, even more attention or, or, you know, a different view of it, you know? Uh, yeah. I totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Paige said that you're uh, you're coming to Nashville um, in November. Yeah, uh, it'll be around November 30th. Uh, we're actually doing a YouTube live show uh, with uh, the guy I mentioned, uh, Donnie Gatlin. Awesome. Uh, he's got a show, and and we're gonna come in and do maybe like a 20 minute set. We'll do four or five songs, and then we're gonna have a very special guest uh, on the last song. So. Uh, go uh, check that out. Um, I'm gonna have to look up the link to the show, but uh, we can we can include all that at the end, I suppose. Sure. Yeah, we'll we'll put it up. Uh, this is gonna be going up, I think, like uh, maybe a week or two before that performance. So there'll be plenty of time to get the link ready for uh, everyone, all the viewers, to hear it. Sweet. Very cool. Um, what else has been going on with uh, with you and the music? I know. You've been uh, writing a lot and um, getting ready to release this record. Anything, um, any uh, other unique things going on um, while you're in quarantine? I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I told you that I've been in quarantine the past couple months uh, because as soon as um, the middle of the country started opening up, I was like, man, I know it's a risk. I know they're telling us not to be out, but I got to work. Uh, and the, the guys, you know, wanted to work too. So we, we went out and we, we've been, uh, like I said, we, we did, uh, Idaho, we did Montana, we did Wyoming, uh, a couple dates in South Dakota. And then actually on Thursday we leave, we got a show in Lewiston, Idaho, <clears throat> and then out to Billings for a couple nights. And then, uh, we're doing a casino date over in South Dakota, and then uh, we're going to play the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar in Jackson. Uh, and that'll be my first time there. I'm actually really excited. Uh, it'll just be a three-piece show because they're only allowing uh, three-piece bands and no dancing. I think they've got tables set up uh, on the dance floor. Um, <laughs> that's so that's 
But yeah, it is. I, I was just down in Nashville too, um, uh, a couple weeks ago and it was, it was sad to, you know, going into Roberts and nobody can dance and they're, they're playing all this, you know, great classic country and Western swing and everybody wants to move, but they can't. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, just like everybody else that we can all get through this and we can, uh, start getting back to normal, uh, or some semblance of it, uh, in 2021. Uh, but yeah, yeah lo- lots of writing. Um, I was actually down recording, a uh, duet with Georgette Jones, uh, George and Tammy's daughter. Um, that's why I was down in Nashville. We did a, a cover of the song, take me, which was actually the first one that they recorded after they got married. Uh, that was their first duet. Wow. Um, and, uh, I think, yeah, George, George Jones, uh, wrote that one. Um, so it was, it was really neat to, uh, to meet her and do a duet and, um, how did you get hooked up with uh, Georgette Jones? Uh, I was through my booking agent. Um, they, they, uh, they got a hold of her, and you know they just thought that it would be a match, which it was, uh, because I'm old school. She's you know country music, you know blood royalty. Yeah. Um, so and uh, I I think it's going to be really good. It comes out on November 13th. I think we announced it today on social media. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, it'll be a good one. Um, is is that going to be like on both of your streaming platforms? That'll be everywhere. Uh, anywhere you listen to music under Robert Henry. Um, it'll also be on, uh, George Ed Jones, um, uh, Spotify and Apple music page too. Very awesome, dude. That's super cool. Yeah. Um, well, I'm excited. And, uh, it was kind of a fun one to do because I've, I've listened to the song so many times and especially, you know, leading up to recording it, I was really trying to get it in my head. Um, because w- when you don't have to think about it, you can really focus on your phrasing and stuff and, and really yeah. sing, sing the crap out of a song, you know? Um, but so I was, it was funny. I was originally told that it was going to be, uh, in E and, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if, if you've uh, heard the song before, but it, it starts out on the, the record key is A, and then it uh, uh, modulates up to the four, and then George sings in his part in D, and then it stays in D for the rest of the time. I was told that we were going to do it in E, and A is like my comfort zone. So I was like totally like not worried about it, whatever. Well, we get in and we just do the scratch vocal, and we're like, and she, she goes, oh, I guess I did sing this in A. I'm like, oh, crap. So uh, I was really nervous about how it was going to turn out. and Because uh, you had I to sing I, your part in D? I, yeah, oh. yeah. And also, God, man, it's really hard when you're singing a George Jones song to not want to subconsciously sing it like George Jones. Which <laughs> yeah. nobody, nobody can freaking sing like George Jones. Like, no, There's been no one like him ever since. Right. Um, so it's, I, I really just had to get it out of my head. And I, I think I just had, I had just enough warm up takes to, uh, to get one good one in there. And it, I, I think it, it'll, I think people like it. It'll be a good, good version of the song. I can't wait to hear it. That's, that's not too uh, far away. Actually, by the time this comes out, I believe it, uh, this podcast comes out, it'll already be out. So, um, cool. 
go to Robert Henry's page right now and listen to it because it's uh, bound to be a killer song. Yep. Spotify, um, Amazon, Apple Music, YouTube, all that stuff. So Great. That's awesome. Uh, so with a little bit back to the songwriting thing, um, do you... I, I love this question because everybody does it differently, but do you uh, f- just find the muse when you find the muse or do you sit down and, and hammer them out? Like, you know, do you have a, a schedule for songwriting or does it just kind of come when it comes? Uh, it just comes to me when it comes to me. Yeah. Um, I, so what it, what'll happen is uh, I'll get an idea and it'll come to me and I'll write it down and then I'll kind of convene with... Uh, uh, me, me and my drummer write most of the material for the band. And so we'll hang out. Um, and then we'll, we'll bounce the ideas that we've had throughout the past couple of weeks off of each other and, and try to make something cohesive. Um, so it, it'll be, you know, a lot of situations when we're on the road and, you know, we'll be talking to somebody at the bar after the show and they'll say something that kind of sounds like a tag, uh, or, you know, a hook to a song. Um, and I'll say, Hey Jake, write that down. And he'll put it in his phone. And we've got, you know, lists and lists and lists of stuff. Uh, it would actually probably do us good to have a schedule, but I write better when it, when it's just kind of on the spot. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm similar in that way. Um, I was just talking to this, uh, this guy, uh, Bob Hillman on the podcast the other day, and he was saying he writes, he's written, I think 50 songs since, uh, COVID started in March and it, it just mm. blew my mind. Cause I was like, I think I've written five. <laughs> uh, yeah. but yeah, I, I, he says he just, he has a weekly songwriting uh, class and, or not class, a uh, group. And, uh, he just, he forces himself to write one a week at least. And I, that's just, mm. that's crazy. That's, uh, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of guys make, uh, really good money doing that in Nashville and LA and New York. And there's, there's guys that just can crank out songs. I, I need it to come to me naturally. I can't, yeah. I can't sit down and force myself to write a song. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I like to look at it. There's, you know, some people that, that sketch and then there's people that like really like are detailed artists. And, and um, I think that sometimes when, in my personal opinion, like those guys in Nashville, when they're just, writing you know four songs a day they're really just sketching you know and and yeah to get something good out of it um but i'd rather sit down with a song and really like hammer out the details and make it really good yeah and it's it, it i i definitely hear you and it's funny how it works sometimes too because you know i have songs that took me six years to write and then i have songs that took me three months to write and then i have songs that i wrote in 10 minutes yeah it's it's like I, sometimes uh, an idea will get in your head and it'll just, you know, snowball from there. And all of a sudden you have a brand new song. Yeah. It's, it's true. I mean, uh, Leonard Cohen, I think hallelujah took him like 10 years to write or something ridiculous. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a, it's a, it's a fickle, uh, fickle thing. Inspiration. Right. Yeah, for sure. So you, you were awarded best traditional country song. Yes. Um, for the World Songwriting Awards. Yeah, for uh, Storm the Gate. For Storm the Gate. Yeah. Um, how, how did that come about? Did you, is, is, was it something that you had to perform or was this like something you, um, how, did you uh, how did you get selected for that? 
it just was uh, submitted uh, to the awards. Um, I think they pretty much, it's a worldwide thing. So they pretty much do everything remote. Um, oh, okay. So I actually found out, I, I had actually forgotten that um, it was right around the time that Storm the Gate was coming out as a single before I released the EP. Um, so we had a bunch of stuff going on and that was kind of like in the midst of like, oh, we're looking at possibly this entire year being a wash. Uh, so it was right around that time. Um, and I had actually forgotten that we submitted storm the gate, uh, to them. And so it was, it was a definitely a pleasant surprise, uh, in the midst of everything that was, that was going on early this year. Um, so, uh, thanks to those guys. And by the way, if you're a songwriter, um, you can submit, uh, your song to the world songwriting awards. Uh, they have a Facebook page, uh, they have a website, um, whatever genre you're in, you can just submit it under your genre. Um, they, they pretty much cover everything. And, uh, so go check those guys out and, uh, thanks to them for, for recognizing me. It's a, it was the first time that everyone, anyone really, uh, gave a damn about what I was doing. So that was really cool. Yeah. Um, when I first heard storm the gate, uh, I was like, yes, I definitely want to talk to this guy. Cause it's a great song and, uh, definitely deserves, uh, an award. <laughs> It's it's nice like to it. see. Uh, there's not a lot of people doing the the more like outlaw kind of vibe these days, so it's really cool to see that yeah. you are doing that. And I yeah, I I guess that's more of like an outlaw song. It's got the the Telecaster and the heavy pedal steel part and and all that. Um, there, I think there's a lot of guys that are like trying to do the outlaw country thing. That's it's like, dude, that's it's not the, the late. It's yeah. not the late seventies anymore. Like Johnny Paycheck's dead. W- Waylon's gone. Uh, it's, it's never going to be the same. Like let's, let's do our own brand of, of country music. That's about right now. Yeah. Which well, is why force it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think there's, you know, everybody has a different song in their heart. There's some people who just want to be right in that vein and that's awesome. Um, there's some great outlaw country out there right now. I think there are some people out there that are really trying to hard to, to do that. And it's like, just make good music, like whether it's pop country, whether it's traditional, like, like be, be yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, because, because country music fans and, uh, you know, bluegrass fans and that, that vein of just American music, the fans of that music can smell bullshit from a mile away. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. And they, they can detect fakeness very easily. And that fakeness doesn't mean, oh, I'm wearing a Stetson hat and I'm not a real cowboy. There's a million of those, right? Yeah. It's, is, is this, was what you're saying coming from your heart or are you trying to pander? Right, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's um, such a true thing. And I mean, anyone, you don't have to even be like a musician or, or know anything about music. You can really pick it out pretty easily. Um, yep. So, and that's why guys like George Jones and, and Merle Haggard and, and, and those guys all rose to the top. There's a reason for that is because what, if they were singing it, it was their life. Right. Yeah. I mean, even if it wasn't a song they wrote, you know, it, they picked yep. a song that meant something to them for sure. Exactly. Which is, you know, I, I kind of touched on, uh, you know, if I would have gone in and recorded the ones that uh, they were trying to get me to do my first time in Nashville, <laughs> it, it, it wouldn't have sounded like it wouldn't have sounded real. It would have sounded like I was forcing it. And yeah. uh, there was actually a couple that I didn't release from that session. 
because I was like, no, this is forced. I can't, this isn't me. Can't do it. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. So what, what's it like out on the road right now? Um, I haven't really, I, I played one show um, in Georgia that was like, you know, the socially distanced kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But that's really all I've played since February. Um, what's it, what's it like out there, um, in the honky tonks and all that? So, um, there's a few places open in Oregon. Um, it's limited capacity. Uh, we did a couple outdoor shows this summer. Um, uh, but not, not really much going on, uh, mostly outdoor stuff or like small, like private things. Um, we played a couple birthday parties for like, it was like 15 or 20 people. It really was, was a lot smaller than what we're used to. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but recently, uh, I mean, out in Montana and Idaho and stuff, it's like, you wouldn't even know anything's going on to be honest. South Dakota, they don't, they don't care. (laughs) Um, it's, I mean, that's one extreme way to, to approach this. And I honestly, thank God, because I, I would have, I would have lost my ass this year if, if they wouldn't have been graceful enough to have us. Um, we, you know, since we're from out of state, we try to be as respectful as we can wear our masks, lots of hand sanitizer. We've got like a, you know, we've got a bin that we keep in the van. It's like all, you know, paper towels, sanitizer, extra masks, uh, gloves, if we need them, you know, all, all kinds of that, that stuff just, um, to be safe because, you know, you look at the, you know, we played Sturgis for five nights and then you watch the news after that. And there was a big spike in South Dakota after that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, it's definitely still spreading. It's still out there. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, the people in charge of this country can, uh, no matter what side they're on can come together and, and try to find some sort of common ground to get past this, uh, and, uh, you know, possibly get, going forward with a vaccine and, uh, you know, whether you're a Republican or Democrat or somewhere in the middle, you know, I think, I think a lot of this has been political and it's taken away from the fact that people are hurting and, uh, uh, you know, uh, some people are dying from this. So yeah. I, that's, that's as far as I'll go on that, but. Oh, you're fine. You say whatever <laughs> you want. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. uh, I think that it's it's definitely extra charged, um, but today, uh, no, yesterday, yesterday, um, there was like some sort of, I guess, church rally downtown here in Nashville, and there were like 10,000 people without masks, all like in a, a certain area. And it's just, uh, again, like, you know, we're, we're free to say whatever we want on this podcast. Uh, but, uh, it, for me personally, it was just like, there's guys like me and you that really want to get out there and do it. And if stuff like this keeps happening, that it, it really is going to prolong how long we're going to be in this. Um, yep. And that's, that's the frustrating part, regardless of, yeah, like you said, party affiliation or anything is that like, we've already been down for six months, you know, and, uh, we're all losing money. You know, I've lost half my income this year and, yep. uh, you know, it's just, 
I just, I just want everyone. It's like when that one kid in class won't shut the hell up and then he ruins it for the rest of them, you know? So it's, it's, yeah, I, get I hear you, man. Yeah. I, and I, I touch on it in that song in the works. It's the, the last line of it is, uh, or one of the last lines, uh, is, uh, we got to come together so we can all get back to work. Right. And that yeah. was just, uh, cause I was so pissed about, you know, it's like, I, I want to go play a show for a couple thousand people or, you know, hundreds of people or whatever, and have people packed in there like it used to be, but that's only going to prolong the fact that we can't do that. So it's like, right. And, uh, you know, on the other hand too, it's like, you know, you tell people in the Bible belt, they can't go to church. Of course they're going to go out in the street. So it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's yeah. complicated and there's, there's a lot of frustration from all angles. So I, I get both sides of it, but I, I really hope there's a way that we can all, you know, you know, what happened to the good old days where we could come together if there was a really big problem, no matter what side of the aisle you were on and, and figure something out. It's, right. it's, it's sad to see that we're, we're not uh, connecting in that way anymore. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting year and, and um, hopefully 2021 will be able to, you know, do a lot more, full i think by summer of 2021 i'm hoping knock on wood that yeah right we'll be uh, able to do normal things (laughs) yeah i really hope so i really hope so um and you know it's some people say we're gonna have a vaccine soon some people say it'll be into next summer or next fall some people say oh it's uh, it's you can't get a straight answer from anybody in the news either so it's everybody has a freaking agenda. Yeah. That is a problem with all that. So, yeah. Um, I, I hope you're right. I hope, I hope by, by summer of next year, I mean, I'm, I'm booking stuff. So I'm just, I'm, I'm operating as if next year is happening. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. I, I think we started booking stuff for uh, April, I think, of next year. And um, yeah. I'm just kind of doing from April on. I'll, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to make, I'm going to do it like it's normal and just pray to God that, you know, nothing horrible happens. It's all you can really do. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's, that's all we've been doing all year, huh? Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's nothing that's certain. Um so when, when, uh, do you plan on recording the next record, I guess next year? I'm thinking next year. Yeah. Um, I would like to, we, we were looking at possibly doing something in Austin. Uh, we were in contact with, uh, the producer that, uh, uh, Adam Oder that just did uh, Coulter walls, latest album. Okay. Um, he is, uh, he manages uh, Mike and the Moon Pies and produces all their stuff. Right on. Um, so we were talking to him. We got to chat with him and have a couple drinks after the Moon Pies came out to Portland right before COVID. Um, and we basically had everything set up. And then like two weeks later, uh, everything got shut down. So we, we were talking about possibly doing that. Um, found a couple places in Wyoming uh, that I could possibly record. Um, it's, it's, it's tough, even in, if everything was normal, it's tough to find, um, producers that know how to mix country music, classic, classic country music. 
Yeah. Um, it's, a, there's a very, you can't do it in the new way. You can't, you can't do the wall of sound thing. Right. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't do the, uh, the style of music justice. Um, so that's, that's been the biggest battle for me is, is finding guys that actually know how to record the songs, the way I hear them in my head and the way country music is meant to be done. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's a, that was a really long answer that, that didn't really answer your question. Uh, so <laughs> probably next year, I've just got to find, uh, you know, if something opens up, uh, down in Austin, we'll probably go work with Adam. Um, there was talk of possibly doing, uh, some out in uh, Laramie, Wyoming. There's a couple studios that I really liked out there. Um, so yeah, I mean, we've got the songs written. So all we got to do is, is find a spot and get them out. But yeah. I almost want to wait to re- release it uh, because, you know, you get momentum releasing music and then touring on it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we might even wait until, you know, if, if summer 21 does happen, uh, we might even wait until like, you know, spring or early summer to, to put out a full record. So well, I, I guess we'll see. <laughs> Yeah. Are you uh, planning on doing vinyl and stuff like that? And I know that uh, a lot of people these days have been. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Splurging on that. Yeah. And uh, for all of your listeners, you can actually um, buy a pre-order of my uh, EP on vinyl. Oh, that's on awesome. RobertHenryMusic.com. Just go to the, uh, the store tab and we've got uh, beer koozies. We got, uh, t-shirts we got hats uh stickers uh cds and uh we're first uh what was it first 125 copies that we sell of the vinyl uh for the pre-order uh they'll come with a koozie and a sticker uh thrown in there for you and those will be uh only 20 bucks um and i think normally we sell them for like, like 25 or 30 but uh so you can get a uh, pre-order for 20 bucks, robertherrymusic.com. Um, and we should have them pressed fairly soon. Uh, like everyone else, uh, the pressing yeah. company blamed COVID for the delay. Well, uh, it's, that's, it's that's why that, we're doing the pre-order. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. And it's just that like um, vinyl keeps getting a bigger and bigger cut of the um, industry. And, and so like the, you know, we make tapes here in town. Uh, they just opened up their vinyl facility. I know CD Baby opened up their, reopened their vinyl stuff. You know, like yeah, all these yeah. these people that used to not do vinyls because it wasn't cost effective for them are now having to do it because there were only a couple of people that were cutting vinyls and they just got mm-hmm. so backed up and, and overwhelmed that it was taking, you know, six months plus to a year even to cut it to vinyl. So yeah, it's it's a good yeah. problem to have, but... <laughs> It's, it's awesome that that has come back too. Yeah. Um, especially listening to the old country and like folk records on vinyl. Um, it, it just, it comes across so much clear. Well, Everything that, has its space. It's not compressed. Right. It's I was about to say beautiful. that that goes hand in hand with what you were saying about trying to find the right um, person to produce it is that like, yeah, those kind of albums just are made for vinyl. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's a really good deal. And uh, you should definitely go pre-order it, everyone, um, because it costs an arm and a leg to do vinyl. And uh, It's not cheap. 
Not at all. <laughs> See, it's funny because people don't realize that they're like $20 and you're like, yeah, but it costs like 12 for just for me to put it on vinyl. That's not including the recording and costs and the, you know, mastering and all that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you really just kind of eat the first couple of hundred vinyls that are coming out the gate. Pretty much. So, uh, yeah, thanks for letting me plug because we got to move them. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> um, well, it's been really great having you on. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time out to do it. Uh, I'm excited to hear your duet with Georgette and uh, see you on um, the str- the YouTube stream with uh, Gatlin. What was? Uh, Don Gatlin. Don Gatlin, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's all exciting news. Everyone should uh, make sure that they follow Robert. Uh, is it uh, roberthenry.com? Roberthenrymusic.com. Roberthenrymusic.com. Um, and thanks for being on. Yeah, thank you, man. Uh, uh, we literally, us independent artists, well, you know, because you're one of them. Um, we, we couldn't do what we do without independent publications like you. Um, it's, it's a great way to get the word out uh, because you know, mainstream Nashville does not give a shit about real country music. So I appreciate you having me on. And like I said, we, I, I couldn't do what I do without, without you guys uh, and people like you uh, having me on their shows and stuff. So I, I, from the bottom of my heart, I do appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. All the roots run so deep. Don't let me get kind of hard to grow. Gatekeeper, I don't want to sing them songs I love to hate. Thanks so much for listening to Americana Station Podcast. Uh, Be sure to rate, review, uh, follow us on all social media, and we'll see you next time. We've got a lot of good music coming up. Um, So stick around for Eric Bolander and Josh King, Graber Grass, Van Plating, and a whole lot more. Until next time, I'm Will Payne Harrison. Time to storm the game. Gatekeeper, gatekeeper, why won't you let me in?